We rejoin our heroes on what was a pleasant evening, but now is mostly kind of dark and concerning as you stand in Jebediah's room, the chartreuse stair, looking at the ruined hole in the wall where once a lockbox full of Jeb's possessions resided. You have found one clue thus far. It is a red hair that you found on the door jam. When you were inspecting the door, Fox was able to find that clue for you. And now you stand in the room with really the immediacy of having just discovered all of Jeb's things missing, trying to figure out what to do. I believe it would be pertinent for us to check the other rooms as well. And especially I'm already check. gone. <laughs> I'm checking my room first. Uh, each of you check your rooms and find none of your possessions have been tampered with. Uh, everything is where you left it. Even the boxes. Yeah, even the lock boxes. Okay. All, all your stuff is there. There are no... Specifically, Jeb's room is the only one that's been tampered okay. with. I'm going to grab my piece of the rod and my uh, pot specifically. I'll leave everything else in there and just keep those two things on me for safekeeping and come back to uh, Jeb's room. Are you hiding the rod in the pot? Like, did you point that out for that reason or are you just carrying it separately? Uh, carrying it separately. When Zoth retires, he's going to he's gonna start his own little dispensary called the rod and pot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan will also meet up back up, up in, Jed's, in, in Jeb's room. I'm going to investigate the thing. I'm going to go to the nearest guard, I guess. Yeah, there are guards posted at the end of your hallway. Um, so you can walk up to the guards. Let's do Jeb's investigation yep. and then we'll pick up with Fox's conversation. So Jeb, go ahead and roll an investigation for me. 11. Not fantastic. You aren't able to find any new clues. Um, you are able to verify, like, you know, your alarm spell didn't go off, but you also are able to just kind of verify as you look around, like it doesn't seem like the, the latch to your balcony has been opened or anything like that. Like you're confident they did not use that door. Um, this is a pretty time consuming action. So I'm going to add one die to the tension well, pool just for more, you to like go over your room. More specifically, you said that the, that the hole were like the compartment was busted out and I didn't realize I, I thought it was picked or something. So I was really wanting to investigate that. Um, just oh, like okay. the whole compartment thing to see if there was any information I could get out of it. That's, that's my bad. I didn't mean to say like, I'm going to toss the That's room. fine. So when you investigate the opening where the lockbox once was, there's still not a whole lot of information to glean. There's no other hairs or anything there. Um, you don't find any oils in it. It seems like probably the perpetrator wore gloves or in some other way kind of erased any mark of their presence. But you are able to tell from the edges of the hole that because of the sharp sort of sliding scratches that are there, you're pretty confident a small pick of some kind is what was used to like, you know, enlarge the hole enough to pull the box out. You can see there's no glue or anything behind it and the back of the opening is still smooth. So it doesn't seem like they had to wrench it out. They just needed to widen the opening around the lockbox and, you know, it was just sitting there. So once they widened the opening enough, they could probably just reach in and pull it out. Um, but that's the the only information that you're able to really glean from that. Um, I guess maybe as a as a follow up to that, you already sort of knew this um, because your things are in there. But the lockbox, while big enough to hold all of your possessions, like your pack and whatnot, it's still only about maybe two shins by two shins by two shins. Okay. You know, it's it's big enough that you would have, you know chest. your fabric would be Got crammed it. in there. But it's not it's not huge, so it would be fairly easy to carry it. It's not like they needed multiple people. Question, just for technicalities, maybe this will make a difference, maybe it won't. If big boy's in there, would it be longer than that? Because that's a rifle. Yeah, I don't think so because I was assuming it was a Jeb-sized rifle. Okay, no, that's fair, that's fair. That would make sense because Jeb's like two and a half shins tall. 
Yeah, so. and the rod that slots into the rifle is only one shin long. Yep, yep. Okay, so no, that's fair. I think that I don't think it would be an issue. All right, cool. Okay, cool, cool. so Fox, you stroll up to the end of the hallway. As a reminder, the guard is posted at the you know the entrance, but he's looking away. He's there to protect the people inside, not to like you know keep you in as prisoners or anything like that. <clears throat> Sir, yes, uh, we have a problem. What what kind of problem? The guard seems immediately like actively engaged. He's not like blowing you off. You've had a theft. A theft? What what kind? What's been taken? An entire lockbox straight out of the wall. How can that be? Can I can I see the crime scene? Please. Okay. I will I will accompany you back and the guard walks down the hallway with I'm gonna, you. I'm going to as I go uh through the door even though I'm pretty sure Jeb's door is probably ajar. I'm just going to Coming with company. Yeah, get in here. Come on in. You you walk in and Jeb is kind of going over the hole with, you know, his fingers, like kind of feeling uh, the scratches and the indents and stuff where the lockbox was. Guard says, goodness, this is this is some in- impressive thieving work. No one's ever managed to steal a lockbox from in here before. How could this be? Uh, do you remember anyone passing by previously? Even anyone who you wouldn't suspect? Um, just anyone who isn't staying in these, like in our company, my shift only began recently, but mm. the last shift, uh, you know, the last guard who was on shift may have noticed something. It is customary for us to make a quick walk through, not to enter the rooms, but to walk through this guest wing, uh, every half hour. So if someone were to have walked through, I suppose they could have snuck in behind him and mm. tried to, you know, make an entrance during that time and, and get out. But they would have had to be very swift. This seems like a time consuming operation. I would think and perhaps even even noisy. Also that. Yes. Although, of course, these rooms are designed to be fairly soundproof True. from the hallway to to allow you your your privacy. And they would also have had to have knowledge of the guard shifts and the lockboxes. I need to speak to somebody in charge. I have some irreplaceable valuables in this that I must get back. Uh, well, what do we need to do to get whoever is in charge of doing this sort of investigation? We need to move on this fast. Ab- absolutely. Uh, I will go and alert my <coughs> ship supervisor, and then he will uh, probably direct some of the right people here. There's a, a whole special team of city watch who are in charge of basically investigative work. And he immediately walks out of the room and he's, you know, he's moving purposefully. He's not, right. he's not <clears throat> lollygagging. Um, as he walks out of the room, uh, you hear a soft little like doot, 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 kind of like a really light knock on the wall. Which wall? The outer wall, the hallway wall. Do we all hear it? Yeah. Is it thieves can't? No, it's just a, just a little knock. Fox, Who's there? can you check that out? I'm going to poke my head out. Leaning against the wall, bedecked in green finery, is Everard the Jester. And he looks over at you and he goes, I tried to warn you. Well, we have a funny thing about warnings. Ain't that right, pals? Alan, we need to go to the bathroom. What? Alan's going to like raise an eyebrow at Fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Did you say I don't something? I call the warning. I know who took your stuff. Ooh. Was it you? Alan. Yes? Let's go to the bathroom. And I walk to the bathroom. I, uh, I'm going to step out into the hallway with the jester. I'll step out with Fox. Alan will give Fox a, a, I hope you know what you're doing. Look and follow Jeb. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's follow Jeb and Alan first, and then we'll jump back to Zoth and Fox talking to Everard the jester. Jeb and Alan, you enter the bathroom. It is an expansive bathroom as all the quarters are expansive. Is it, is it fancy? Oh yeah. Cool. It's gaudy. Like this whole room is, is like blinged out, but with like, like 
in, intentionally fake looking bling. It's almost like a parody on the idea of living a lavish lifestyle. And okay. copious amounts of leopard print. Yeah, that too. There's probably a big leopard print like shower curtain, mm -hmm. even though the shower doesn't have running water, but yep. like there's still a curtain there. I've got to get my stuff back. Yes. It's, uh, if like, if yeah. this gets into wrong hands, this is a real big problem. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I would be interested to, it's, it's interesting to ponder how exactly they would extract the items from the chest. I start to pull the rod out. Well, good. I, I know that I, I know that you have that. That is great. Although, Oh, I guess if it was the king or any of his uh, people, then I guess they probably would have had access to magic on how to somehow unlock it. Um, I or do you think it would be have to be unlocked in a destructive way, in which case it would risk harm to the items? I'm not in a good headspace right now, so I need your advice. What 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 do you mean? We're not supposed to use magic in town. And I've kind of been breaking that, and I kind of want to. Like we, I felt like our our situation with the king went really, really well. But I could cast locate object, and we could beeline to wherever this is, and beat the living tar out of them. I know what you're thinking. My blunderbuss is in there, but I can cast spells with just this rod, and my components. Mm, this is that, new to me. I don't understand. That is, that is quite interesting. As I, I believe previously, we obviously we knew that the weave was created by right the. I here's but, my question. The, like, yes, I, I, yes. I understand. There's a lot to unpack there, and hopefully, we can have time to do that sometime. But do I? Do I locate object on this thing? And I believe that that would save us. Care of this ourselves, or do we try to follow proper channels? And this Yahoo jester out here who's talking in riddles when my stuff is missing. I believe uh, it may be pertinent to try both avenues. We have already divided into two groups of two. Uh, if we get a head start and follow this lead while leaving uh, Fox and Zoth to follow the other lead. Um, I think that there's maybe a chance of dividing and conquering in this case. Um, if our if our lead goes dry or gets us into trouble, perhaps their path will be able to bail us out or possibly the inverse. While they're having this conversation, we cut to the hallway. Fox and Zothkug, you have just stepped out the door. Everard the Jester is still leaning casually on the wall. The guard mm. has just strode off, you know, purposefully to go and get help. So right now there is no attendant, no night watch, no anything like that. The servant who, um, you know, lights the torches and stuff in the common room at the end of your quarters, he leaves in the evenings. So, you know, it's it's late. So there's no one in the, in the quarters except the three of you. Um, and you know that all the other rooms are unoccupied because you knocked on all their doors earlier, Fox. So it is just the three of you having this conversation. Everard says, yes, it was a delicate operation that uh, went into effect shortly after you arrived. Not me, not my own work. I'm, I, I earn an honest living, making people smile and laugh, obviously. obviously. I myself would never do something so um, egregious, if you will. Uh, but when you arrived to town, there was a certain someone who, uh, standing on a balcony, seemed to take extra notice of the caravan as the prince uh, pulled into town here and unloaded with you all. And I thought it was a bit strange to see her 
have so much to say to you know her her guards and whatnot. Uh, and so I think I think it's likely that uh, Countess Alex Greenvale is the one pulling the strings here. In fact, I don't just think it likely; I know it to be. Oh, okay, I've seen her ledger books. I mean, I was gonna. I was going to play a little subtlety with this, but if you're just going to straight up and tell me, uh, one, I'm not too surprised. Uh, and two, that sounds like you got some juicy information, my dear friend. Indeed. Uh, now, as I said, I make an honest living. And, you know, honest, honestly living people, you know, they make honest business transactions. How about I, I think play a game for it? I, th- I don't think that's the kind of transaction I'm talking about. <laughs> The problem is you can't just go and confront Countess Greenvale directly. Not Not only is she trusted by the king, but she's kept her hands quite clean in all of this. She wouldn't, she honestly, she wasn't even in your room tonight. As far as I know, it will have been likely some of her private security goons. You know, when she arrived to town a while back, she um, gained the king's ear and suggested that he augment his security forces with some of these, you know, private mercenaries given the developing situation in the West. So when she gave some of them some written orders without even speaking out loud to them what they were, and they hustled off in the other direction, I thought, that seems strange. And uh, I followed them and watched as one of them marked on your door a little chalk symbol that they probably thought nobody else in this castle would know. However, you know, in the comedy world, sometimes we have to make you know, suggestive <laughs> jokes. And this particular symbol was suggestive that this room was a target. I knew it was registered to you. So I tried to warn you during dinner, but you know, you were unable to excuse yourselves from the table and it seems that the robbery has taken place. So it's, it's likely that your things are now with a large band of private security goons under significant guard. However, if you had Countess Greenvale's ledger books, then probably you could prove that there were some dubious payments made and you could confront her in front of the king and you might be able to make some headway on this problem. I see where you're going. Countess Greenvale has not realized that I've swapped her ledger books with a book full of lovely hand-drawn animations by myself. Or when you flip (laughs) through the pages, a little creature hops along the pages. And I would be happy to give you her ledger books in exchange for another book. As you know, I make my living off of making people smile. However, as you saw at dinner, the king's not particularly attuned to my sense of humor. And I'm just trying to move up in the world, make my honest living. And to do that, I need to be taken seriously as someone who can't be taken seriously. (laughs) Now, luckily, the king has often mentioned that he thinks his cousin, Andreas, is the funniest person he knows. And I know that Andreas keeps a little book full of jokes that he writes to tell to his children. So if you can get me that book, then I will trade it for Alex Greenvale's ledger book. What do you say? You wouldn't happen to have know where I might be able to find this book that you're so interested in. Oh, of course. He will have, he will, Andreas will keep it in his home. Now, as I understand it, I heard at dinner that tomorrow Prince Lovell will be showing you around the, uh, the holdings. So if you were able to persuade him to take you by the uh, legal district, then I'm sure, you know, Prince Lovell loves his cousin Andreas. So I'm sure that he would be happy to swing by the house just to introduce Mm. you. All you would need to do is get him into the district and I'm sure he would take care of the rest. From there, it's just a matter of whether you have, you know, the right talents for such a job. 
And you haven't gotten this book yourself because... Well, good sir, I am just trying to make an honest living. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to risk the king seeing me conducting such a, a, a disrespectful act. So instead, you'd like to hire the people who are new into town to do so on your behalf. Think of it more as a convenient opportunity has arisen. Mm. It would be difficult for you to get to Alex Greenvale and steal something. So I've taken care of that particularly dubious act on your behalf. I'm simply asking that you reciprocate. I respect that. And if it wasn't for the fact that I believe the stakes are very different, uh, I might even think this was blackmail. <laughs> but seeing how the uh, what we own and it being missing is at much larger stakes than I believe a joke book is, I think it's almost worth it. However, I'll have to see what I can do about getting that book. Andreas, you said. Yes. Mm. I tell you, all you need do is convince Lovell to take you through the legal district during your tour of the holdings. He'll be happy to introduce you to one of his favorite cousins. And the man lives a modest lifestyle. There shouldn't be any other visitors. He doesn't have any attendants in his home. You should be quite able to make this lift on your own. Who said anything about lifting? You're right. Who did? It wasn't me. We cut back to... um, Jeb and Owlin who are trying to figure out what to do. Because I really want to torch him. Like whether it's with fire or lightning, I just, I really want to just blow a hole right through him. I mean, can you imagine if they took this and dissected it and then all of the private security goons have blunderbusses? I agree that that would be uh, quite disturbing, especially since they already seem to be their technology seems to be advancing somewhat in that direction, albeit taking a different route than what we have been attempting with the uh, with your with your weaponry. I can't let my grandpa's legacy be that. I agree. I I completely agree. Uh, I believe if you if if you feel it worth it, I I think the the locate object spell, especially uh, not not to mention that I would love to see how how it works with what you're about what sure. you're, what you're what you're describing with the rod. Um, I believe that that would be pertinent, and we can attempt to inform our company of our plans in a brief way on our way out. At this moment in time, out in the hallway, Fox, you and Zothkug turn towards the sounds of running footsteps. There are now three um, members of the City Watch who are running towards you, escorted by your guest area's security guard. You turn back to Everard and he is gone, like Batman. Of course. The, the three city watchmen run up and arrive and the one in front of them says, there was a crime reported yeah. here? Yes, officer. Yes, sir. Inside this I would, room, I'm gonna knock on the door. I'm gonna cast locate object. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> find, I'm gonna find a little, uh, like a wicker basket that's, uh, that's got like you know some leopard print towels folded up in it, and and cut a piece off, like break break a piece off, split it down the top to make this little forked twig. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna hold the rod and I'm gonna hold the twig. And I'm like, all right, Jeb, you don't have my book. You good in there? Trying to, I'm trying to remember. You, you just hear mm, as he's trying to like think. But <laughs> Alan you will just say, hear him uh, say mm. "We're just fine." Uh, okay. Uh, well, <clears throat> officers uh, in this room, uh, 
the you, as you can see, the lockbox is. Alan missing. will close the bathroom if the bathroom door wasn't already closed. Alan will suddenly close it. <laughs> the door opens and Fox very loudly is like, "So you see, Mister City Watchman, who is here now?" And Alan like click shuts the door really fast. Um and uh yeah and he's he's gonna recite what he remembers in the book and cast locate object on his grandpa's journal. The forked twig sort of fizzles in your hand and little tongues of sort of magical blue flame come across it and they sort of float up into the air and sparkle out in all directions and you feel the spell cast and you can tell the magic is working but you receive no information about where the object might be. You are certain that it worked properly. It's not within a thousand feet. Hmm. That is quite worrying. They have, they must have made made off like bandits. Must so over here, I can see the uh, the damaged area, and they appear to have. And the city watchman is crouched down. It appears they used some sort of pick to remove this. And you say it didn't make any sound at all. And the guard shakes his head like I didn't hear anything. I'm new, you know, like I was I wasn't on watch at that time. I just got here. Goes, well, we'll have to interview the man who was on watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, you there, Jeeves, uh, get get your dust and see if there's any fingerprints in here. They begin dusting for prints. They walk around. Um, the other man walks over to the balcony and like pushes it open, which also triggers your alarm, Jeb. Um, but he's looking for whether there's you know any signs of someone climbing up, um, and there there don't seem to be. So he turns around and it doesn't look like they came up this way. It must have been from in the castle. Hmm. So are we allowed to investigate this ourselves as well alongside, you know, whoever you decide to head this investigation? It would be better for you to leave it to the official channels. You know, this is, this is our profession. This is what we do. And, um, as newcomers to the town, we don't want any of your actions being seen in, in a political light. You understand in the Royal holdings, uh, if you begin poking around the wrong places, someone from another nation might feel offended or, you know, there, there are potential things that you don't even realize as implications of your presence or your behavior. It would be better from a diplomatic standpoint for you to at least give us 24 hours to investigate this. And at that point, I'm sure the King will be more amenable to, you know, if you have need for an extension or a change of permissions or anything like that. Well, I'm sure, uh, we're allowed to go like shopping and such, correct? Yes, I understand that tomorrow you're to be escorted about the holdings with Prince Lovell. So it's not that you're prisoners here. Um, and certainly you could keep your eyes open as you are wandering around. And by all means, tell us if you find anything suspicious or, or think you have a trail. Um, I'm more talking about you You certainly do not have official license or permission to just you know go walking into private quarters where you think your things may be or to confront someone you know violently on the street. Those sorts of activities you should reserve for you know with the king's written permission to join this investigation or you should leave to us as the city watch of course, of course, understandable well, I put my utmost faith in the city watch. I'm sure that you fine men will do a superb job. Um, Just know that what was inside of that safe was priceless. Oh, I uh, understand. And as guests of the King, please rest assured that we will be doing, you know, our utmost. There will be, you know, double shifts being worked and we we will, we will take this very seriously and do our utmost to return your things quickly and in their original condition. 
the first thing we will actually be doing is asking you to step outside of the room for a moment while we um, take a, a different approach to the investigation here. In investigations like this where we are not able to find many clues, it is sometimes helpful to ask some of our more capable aides to see what they can find. Would you mind stepping into the hallway for me? And he knocks on the bathroom door. Do you mind stepping into the hallway for just a brief moment for us? You hear a flush uh, and then uh, the door opens and Jeb comes on. He's like, yeah, that's fine. Do I see any like decorations around of like birds or anything like that in this gaudy room? Um, no, not in this room. Mm, this yeah. one, it's all leopard print. That's true. Okay. Um, Alan's going to awkwardly flush the toilet again, (laughs) I guess, and then walk out. And then, and then it'll like surreptitiously be like, it is quite uh, convenient that there are multiple stalls in this restroom. (laughs) And then then walk out. Zoth will walk out. The watchmen look at each other and they go, there's no running water in this castle. What? (laughs) (laughs) Did did they just, you just went, very well and so as you step into the hallway and outside of the room you can see that one of the assistants to this city watchman has taken the door off of its hinges and laid it on the ground and then one of them blows a whistle which makes no noise that any of you can hear and then um walking up the hallway towards you is a dire wolf the dire wolf has silver fur that's flecked with blue the blue appears to have been dyed in like little blue spots and as it walks up, the city watchman kind of gets down on one knee and like scratches it under its neck. He says, hello, old friend, see what you can find. And then he steps back a little bit and the wolf begins sniffing at the door and then it moves into the room and it very like, you know, slowly and methodically sniffs around the room and kind of takes in the information. Also goes up and sniffs Jeb to get like a good scent of, you know, what the owner smelled like. And it's kind of done that. Then it goes back out into the hallway and it looks at him and it barks once and then sits down. And this dire wolf, mind you, is as tall as foxes standing on all fours. Uh, Like this is a huge creature um, acting completely well-trained and like as an integral part of the city watch. Can we get one The city watchman watchman nods to it and he says, we will begin our investigation post-haste and we will notify you with updates at first light. And then he walks out, followed by his two assistants and the wolf after they attach the door back onto the chartreuse stair room. And you are left alone in the hallway again. Do we want to convene in a room and uh, have a quick talk? Uh, yes, I believe that would be beneficial. Absolutely. So I guess we all head over to uh, Jeb's room again. Something interesting that Jeb and I discovered is that uh, the the safe is not within... Uh, a thousand was it a thousand meters or a thousand feet? A thousand feet, a thousand shins. It is not within a thousand shins of this location. Huh. Um, which mm. means that they they were definitely either uh, likely both things are true. They were definitely uh like of haste when they stole it, but also um the uh what am I trying to say? Oh, it w- it was likely early, like like sprung right when we left for the dinner. Well. I also have a lead. Which is? The jester has provided us with some good information. Yes. (laughs) I like how Zotha's like, oh, what's the lead? I don't know about this. It's like, oh, wait, no, that lead. I was there. (laughs) So the problem is this will help us on the diplomatic route in the such that we, we should be able to handle this efficiently. 
throw our enemies under the bus and remove them from power. The problem is, I don't think that gets your stuff back. So we're mm. going to have to work in tandem with this plan. And this plan involves... Do we need to tell Getting them? a book for a book. So... What I need I, to get what a book. I, what I believe I'm interpreting is that while this may not directly get the safe back, this will probably take care of Alex Greenvale as a problem. That's what I would assume. It'll give us information to take care of Alex Greenvale, depending on how we use the information. Zoth is correct. So it, it, that, this, I'm excited to hear of this prospect. However, I will say, and I'm sure Jeb would, would, will want to express this as well, Getting the safe back is is extremely important. Of course. Just to clarify for for you, Matt, mm -hmm. like the the a book with the history of all of um, Alex Greenvale's transactions in it will probably include oh, sure. instructions sure. to where the safe is hidden. Sure, like, it it likely will have that information in it. Too. Well, now that the DMs told me, but you never know. It could have just been like I paid goods yeah. to do blah. But now that I've had a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I've had this revelation, guys, and I think that maybe the book I'm after might have the location of the stuff that we want, aka your stuff. So he's gonna he's gonna bring it to us, right? Like he's gonna give it to us first, and then we're gonna like do him a favor and help him get his thing later. No. So he's gonna he's gonna dangle this thing over over us, and we're going to waste time between now and when is convenient to. Deal a child's book and then make the trade to him well, and then use that thing to figure out where stuff well, is and then go I, to get the stuff. Luckily, you know, this this will happen tomorrow if we can convince him to lead us to the the um was it the law district? Conveniently, we have an option tomorrow in order to look into trying to get this book. Since we don't but that's just a, a convenient option. Like, there's not a whole lot we can do in the immediate future, given the guards just started their investigation. Ah, I believe what Fox is implying is that if we wanted to do something more risky, we could simply set out for the legal district at this moment and attempt to burgle the book. Mm. I wouldn't suggest all of us. I wouldn't suggest all of us either. Here's the, here's the thing. I I want to go in guns... I can't even say guns and because I don't even have it. <laughs> um, I, I want, I want to get in and find out where it is and get it back as quickly as possible. No back alleys and crazy stuff. And even if we have to steal this thing or whatever, but here's the thing. It's like, we're trying to turn over a leaf. We're trying to like, we don't want to lose favor with the, we build our reputation, right? We, we had okay. a great so time, like experience there with the King and we built up trust. I mean, we don't want to break that. Do you even know this jester guy? Is he like setting us up to be robbing something to defame us? Whoa. Now hear me out. I thought something similar. So another option is we take advantage of this convenience and simply seek an audience with the holder of this book. And if we can somehow convince him to part ways with a copy of it, I'm sure that will do plenty. I do not believe we need the original for th he's only looking for the contents of the book. So we could just hmm. sneak in, write down all the pages, and then we don't even need to take the book. 
I never even said that. I'm saying we can handle this diplomatically. This this is an interesting proposition, and I'm not sure whether it quite makes sense. I guess one could also argue that All right. we don't necessarily even have to steal the book or haggle for it. We may be able to simply forge a book. Would the jester even know yes. now that it's not the original book? That, that would be tricky with that. See, I'm no master forger, and he seems to have... Some expertise. It's it's not in my field. It's not even a real suggestion. It's just a thought that occurred to me. I I don't. I think well, it might he's, be too risky. He's after some jokes that would entertain the king, essentially. Listen, I know I'm the first who suggests stealing things, uh, reacquiring <laughs> things, <laughs> redistributing wealth. However, I think in this instance, especially given. I have no idea what we're up against. I haven't had a chance to scout the area, and I don't think we will. Hell, I don't even know what the inside of his house, what it looks like, and Dwarven architecture is already different as it is. I don't know what the locks are going to be like. I think our best bet is to try to handle this up front and honestly. We can simply say, hey, we heard you, you, you got some good funnies. Uh, would you mind sharing the good funnies? I just don't understand that. Like, with, I mean, did did you express how vastly important this is, and that if he just gives us the book, the ledger, and we, you know, get our stuff back, then we, hey, we'll promise to do this thing. Like, I don't understand why it has to be one before the other. I mean, well, people in that occupation tend to not be very trusting of others and he recognizes me to be of the same occupation i don't like it i can understand he's not very trusting of me it smells funny and i don't want to be betrayed i mean if he's if he's trying i don't think it smells that funny sounds like business that's why i I don't think we should do something that's gonna risk our hides and instead just look for a book ask for it lightly perhaps we can even do it under the guise of potentially shipping it across you know and selling it you know what the worst part is is i have to wear these stupid flowy robes because i put my other clothes in my pack what's wrong with flowy robes? but you don't you don't have your clothes i had all my stuff packed up in my pack and they were like hey put your stuff in here and i put my pack in there we could buy you more clothes tomorrow okay well he trapes you around in a nightgown. Why did they... Let's let's figure this out. Why did they target you specifically, not all of us? Uh, I believe the specific targeting... They need something specific. Uh, because I have a blunderbuss and big boy. I thought it was the ride. And a book of all of the spells that I've learned and could, you know, potentially... It's got my grandpa's journal is in there. I mean, could you imagine if, if they were able to get into there and start transcribing all of this stuff? Do you mm-hmm. want that... Do you want the do you want the aboliths and all of private security goons to have access to all of that? I believe what Jeb no, is, right. is describing is accurate. However, I don't believe that that's origi- why that's originally why they took it. I believe they originally specifically took things from Jeb's room was because they had heard from the servants the word getting around that they had seen Jeb using magic. I believe that specifically is what caused them to take things from Jeb's room. Now, I agree with Jeb's comments that mm. these, you know, all of that technology that's in his 
safe is why we need to get it back urgently. I agree with that. However, I, you know, after doing some, some thinking on this, I think it will take time for them to be able to access the safe. There's a reason why they took the whole safe and didn't take the time to try to break it or crack it while in the room. That's a fair point. That's to a fair me, point. That, that, to me, that sounds like it will take time to crack, uh, whether that's magically or destructively or anything like that. So I believe I will- the slow, not necessarily taking our time with it, but I believe that this route with the jester may, it may seem too straightforward. It may see, seem too easy. I think if we're smart about it, I think it may be the best route to take. I, I don't think it was just the servants and rumors. I mean, we met her before. Don't the Aboliths know we have, we took the rod? Yes, the Aboliths know that we have at least one rod, probably two. So yeah. isn't that what they were after? The like the main thing, and then everything else is just bonus. Yes, well, I, I would mean, agree. That's what the rumors would imply. You know, if Jeb is using magic, he must have the rod on his person. There are other ways to cast magic other than the rod. This right. goes way back before Udril. This is way before we even showed up here. We met her before. We've cast magic around her before. We've done all of our stuff around her before. And then she sees us here and is like, "Hey, I've got an opportunity to to get all of his stuff." Like, I don't think it was... I still believe they simply think that you're the most likely candidate right. to Listen. have magical items. and They probably only had the chance to, to steal we're, from one of us. We're getting stuck in the weeds, I agree. guys. I believe that we need to start, think just, we, we, will be, we should be smart about it, but I believe that this jester opportunity is our best opportunity. I might do some light reading tonight. And see what I can't figure out. Um, but beyond that, I'm not sure we have any other leads besides red hair. And that's too vague, I believe. Wait, can you? Did you locate the rest, the head of hair, with the one piece of hair? I mean, if the one piece is real, I think I probably could. However, the idea. Being that previously when we tried to locate the chest, it was over a thousand feet, or a thousand shins away. I would find it pretty likely that the owner of the red hair is also over a thousand feet away. Not necessarily. It might have changed hands in that time easily. So here's the thing. I don't have my book, so I don't know the specifics of this very odd edge case. Right. Mm. But mm. it could go one of a couple ways. One is that that this is this is locating uh, things that are not alive. This is not locating creatures, right? Mm-hmm. And a hair plucked from somebody's head is not a living thing. So I stands to reason I could locate that. I can locate a very specific one that I have seen. So and Jeb like holds up the hair and is like, so I could f- locate where this one is, or I could locate any number of things like this. So say, and he puts this down and he picks up his toothbrush and is like, so if, you know, I said all of the toothbrushes within a thousand feet, I could do that. Right. Right. So, and then he picks the hair back up and he's like, so if I say all of the red hairs, either that's going to light up everybody who's redheaded and has hair. I don't know about that because technically they're, if it's attached, maybe it's still considered living. It's a weird edge case. Like I said, I'd have to look at the book. Or if not, then it's just going to pick up every red hair. It's not going to be like this person. Uh, DM? Yes? How common was red hair as we 
entered the city and then the castle. It was, it was pretty common. Okay. So I don't think that's going to help, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, no, if we can't narrow it down. I say we just go after the book and see what the investigators find outside of that. I, I agree that that may be the best course of action for the night. Um, if if the book is unfruitful tomorrow, I believe then it will be time to change tact. Uh, but I, I believe after thinking about it more that that seems the best course of action. Hmm. And you know what that means? It means it's story time at the Wing Badger Tavern. And we'll hey. Zanir, Gontos, Kotex, Awara. Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then, everything changed when the chat emped magic. Only Kelnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy, a company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world. Let's meet our characters. Hello. My name is Matt. I play the character Fox, who is a rogue changeling and is a little out of his depth, if I do say so. Hello. I'm Wash. I play Jebediah Peppermint, the molefolk gun wizard, who is in exactly his depth, <laughs> which is two and a half shins. Hi, I'm Jake. I play Alan Wadrier, the Azamar Barbarian Artificer, and a character who started the campaign as one of the most time-wasting, philosophizing characters, and who has somehow, over the course of his character arc, become one of the more, hey guys, let's time to do stuff characters. Very interesting. <laughs> Hi, I'm Trevor. I play Zofkug Hibbub, uh, the orc cleric of the group. And, you know, he's been back and forth between the time-wasting discussion and the let's keep it moving train. You know, got to balance out the team for whatever's needed at the moment. And I'm Josh, your Wing Badger Game Master. I am the train for keeping things moving <laughs> in whatever the given moment is. <laughs> and I set the depth, so I calculated, I calibrated it to Jeb's hat. <laughs> and um, I'm also going to add a die to the tension pool because the night is passing. And we're going to jump right back into tonight's Dungeons and Dragons session. So you sit in the chartreuse stair attempting to decide what to do. You have two options. You can continue in the evening or you can time skip to the morning. I saw that Matt had a question. So just oh, yeah. you can decide which of those you want to do. I just want to make sure we didn't time skip. <laughs> nope. There's one just because you just sat and discussed what to do. That's sure. just passage of time. But I meant so like we're up to three die in the tension pool right now. I meant to the morning. Uh, yeah, same. it is the middle of the night right now one or two in the morning, something like that. I might be able to bring Jeb with me, but I don't think I can bring anybody else on a nice stroll this night. I think Alan is going to retire to his quarters because he's, uh, he, he's pretty like we, we, you got you. I believe if you find it pertinent to do continue to investigate tonight, that that is perfect. I, I myself will do some pondering in my own quarters and, and get some rest. Would you like me? Do you need me? Or should I also go back to quarters and, you know? I, I, you, you do as you wish. I, I just, I believe it, it will be pertinent for me to rest. Well, I meant like Fox, do you, do you, I know. Zoth, you yeah, no, you could, uh, mm, mm. Yeah, you're not the most, uh, mm, you know, I think I might be good 
Unless you anticipate needing healing be good. in the moment, I think I should probably retire. No, I, I don't think I'm doing anything crazy like that. No, I think you're good. All right, man. I think you're good. Then I'll see you in the morning. Good luck with whatever you do. Um, don't alert the guards because that'll look bad on us. I ain't going to do nothing illegal. Don't worry about it. I never said anything about illegal. I just said don't get the guards' attention. That's all. We'll lay low. Owlin. Um... You're you're tinkering stuff. Alan's like half like Alan's like half mid step towards his quarters. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> do do you carry like you know like like when I pack my shells in the morning I like I, I keep a little pouch with like all of you know random bits and bobs and stuff yeah. to do that. Do you do you keep like a variety of stuff with you? Yes. Uh, I'm not wearing it right now because of these robes. However, you've I'm sure you've noticed my tool belt with suspenders. Oh uh, yeah. And I, I keep uh, various artisans tools and tinkerers tools in, in the various pouches. Right. But like the, like not tools, but like stuff. Like, stuff. would you have any like. I have some ball like, bearings. Um, would, you, would you have like some powdered iron or like maybe a little piece of copper wire or. Um, I, I, I do not believe so. I will. Uh. I'll I'll double check. Let me go to my quarters and and uh, see. Jeb, do you want some leaves? If they're made of copper, they're not. Or, <laughs> but I meant for, for casting. Like they they have magic in them. Well, I I mean I don't know if that would work. Like I I could cross reference it with my book if I had my book to see if it would work. I don't know if it would well, or not. But I, can, I know that that like this stuff works. I can give you two at least, and then if. You, if it's dire and you need to do something, then you can. Okay, All right, y'all get that sorted. I'm gonna go sort myself out. Uh, so, D and D five e is extremely vague as to what's in Tinker's tools. It just says a special set of tools that lets you craft things. Um, does that probably mean there's nothing copper in there? Like, probably not assume yeah. that. Okay, Alan will come back and just say, "No, I'm sorry, just just tools. No, nothing copper." Okay, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, oh. Um, I mean, could you like file down some of those ball bearings into like a little iron powder? Uh, well, I believe, was it, uh, which one of you ha originally had them? I received them from one of you. What are they made of? I have some um, ball bearings. Yeah. Yes. Fox. What are they made of? Alan will like inspect one. DM. <laughs> I don't think anybody's <laughs> ever asked what in the player's in handbook history of D and D, what the ball bearings are made of. Um, I know they're probably not stainless steel as they are in our world. It says a bag of ball bearings. Um, so it says space. metal. Yeah. I've actually already DM'd Alan about five minutes ago that it's oh. reasonable to believe he could crush a ball bearing with his hammer to make oh, some iron powder. Oh, that's hilarious. I just didn't check my <laughs> Discord DMs. Uh, well, yes, I believe that this could be crushed into iron powder using the, my, my tools. That would be amazing. Alan will awkwardly uh, strap on his tool belt and suspenders over his robes. And <laughs> start like you know messing right. with it and and working on it. While you're doing that, I'm gonna go get kitted. Uh, I'm gonna go to my stuff. Um, open my safe. Is everything in there? Everything is in there. Is this like the cool suiting up scene? Do I need to play like some epic music yes. for you? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Montage. No, I'm just like I'm swipping off the robes, putting on the magical leather armor. You know, grabbing the daggers. One here, one here, one here, one here. How many daggers do I have? I have too many. Don't worry about it. Go ahead and uh, strap the bow to my back. Go ahead, sling in the bag. We're loading the ball bearings. We're we're loading, you know, all of the things in there. 
spring bells. The black gloves are snapping onto his yeah, wrists exactly. as each. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. It's time to go for a walk. I say to no one as I walk out into the hallway. <laughs> um, Jeb doesn't have his hat, but the the tailor said that they would make something. What's his what is his current hat look like? It's the it's the same hat, but made out of like royal silkiness. It's even got the bullet hole in it. <laughs> they thought it was less of fashion sense. Thing. Yeah, like they thought it was part of oh, his looks. No. They're like, we want him to feel comfortable and at home. So they gave him the same hat, but like really gaudy and like made of silk with like just a little bit of like some kind of like structural something to hold the brim out. <sighs> I'm actually going to take my hat off, take the hat off and okay. I'm going to leave it behind. I think I'll be more inconspicuous okay. without it. You can leave your hat behind. Yeah. And if your friends don't have, who is this man in front of us right now? Yeah. It's like Perry, the platypus. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't recognize Jeb without his hat. <laughs> Um, a random mole folk Jeb the mole folk <laughs> sorry are you saying we all look the same oh, that's the only distinguishing we, factor is your hat because we do that's we, why we I do. have it so people know who I am I mean we literally all look the same anyway Alan will go well if this is if if I'll I'll, I'll leave you I'll leave you to it uh, if this is a, 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 a more low profile venture okay we're, we're burning we're burning moonlight guys yeah we gotta go okay yeah alan will go to his his quarters all right jib follow my lead i'm I'm following your lead pup i'm gonna head out to the hallway uh did they leave a guard at all yeah there's still a guard posted at the end of the hall okay i'm gonna go up to the guard at the end of the hall um excuse me sir yes sir uh, i'd like to leave the castle for a bit if that's okay of course to go for a stroll yes not a problem. It is a beautiful holdings. True. It is indeed. And it's better in the moonlight. Or so my mother would say. She's a smart lady. Very well. <laughs> he like looks at you kind of confused. <laughs> like, what, what do you want? What do you want of me? Uh, I, I don't remember the way. Could you? Did you point one oh, down? Of course, of course, of course. I shall <laughs> escort you. And yeah, we had an escort coming in and there's a lot of turns. Of course, I understand. And he um, walks you to <laughs> the front door. It's only a couple of twists and turns, but you would totally have gotten lost without him walking you there. So he walks okay. you to the door and he leaves instructions with the doorman that when you get back, you are to be escorted back to your room just to make sure you don't get lost in the castle. Um, and he nods and you are sent out into the night. Do you need an escort? Shall we have one of the uh, security forces walk with you? Uh, that is unnecessary unless you think that we cannot defend ourselves. This is a safe, this is a safe area. You should be fine. That's what I thought. Excuse me, sir. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the, uh, with the holdings, um, for the of most course. part, we're, we're new. Um, the, the lights that you have out here, are these all powered by hotline? Like, do you guys have hotline here? Outline bling. No, these are all torches. Oh, okay. Uh, they are they are different colors, but that is uh, that is more practical pyrotechnics. They mm. are the more traditional methods of you know using different powdered mixes to change the color of the flame. The colors have different symbols, uh, symbolic um, meaning to like the night watch. You know, so we can quickly alert each other of different things that are taking place. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's that's cool. Of course. I like that. Well, as you were, and he turns around and walks back in to take up his post. All right. You are now in front of the castle. Stretching ahead of you is the Grand Boulevard that connects the castle 
um, Domus Regi to the cathedral, Domus Lunae, the house of the moon. To your left or your south is the legal district. And then beyond that, the Southern Market District. Remember, you all have a copy of this map in Discord mm-hmm. in the in the chatter thread. So you don't you don't need this necessarily. Um, and then to your right, which would be your north, is the embassy district. And then in front of that is the northern market district. So those are the current locations that you see. It is all dark, um, but there's plenty of light here on the main boulevard. And it looks like most of the major side streets also have light. So we're on the eastern part of the boulevard. Yes, you're on the eastern end of the boulevard. Gotcha. All right. So where did he say it was? They said that that place was in the the legal district. Is that where it was? Uh, Yes, that's where he said. Okay. But I have an idea. Um, I do plan on scouting his house tonight. Let's walk and talk. But I'm 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 walking. Okay, I'm trying to keep up. Are you both turning, like, are you turning south and going into the legal district? Uh, I am not. Okay. Where to? Um, I would like to head to probably the market district. Um, North or south? Which one's fancier? The northern market district is for, like, large distributors of things, items produced in bulk. The southern market district is for artisans and specialty crafts people. I'd probably go check out the north. Okay. That might be uh, what I'm looking for. You head up there. So right, what, are we, what are we looking for up there? I'm thinking that perhaps if they did move it out of town, or at least out of the castle, they probably wouldn't try to move it through smuggling. You know, it's a little weird walking around with a lockbox out in the open. Oh, I thought you were talking about the book. Oh, I figure we navigate both avenues. I think the book's okay. going to have to wait. We can scout out the house, maybe figure out some information, but I don't think we're going to be able to get the book tonight. I can. I'm going to give you four tension die to represent the time between now and first light when you're expecting a report back from the city watch. So um, that's like, they will represent the passage of time basically. So rather than tracking it like by hour, it's just when we hit four tension die that I've added to the pool, um, that'll be like, it's, it's morning time. So right. just to so kind of help you Just track. to clarify, when you say it's the fourth tension die, if we all say, all right, time to head back. Is that good? No, when the fourth tension die appears in the pool, it like the, the sun we is coming up time. and yeah, that's out of time. Okay. Okay. Um, I can, I can only do the thing two more times. Well, no, actually I can do it a lot more. I can do it like four more times. Yeah. Well, as you stride down the boulevard towards the market district, because it is a little ways away from the castle before you're actually there, um, you can see that while the street at first looked deserted, there are people who are, you know, going about their business. This is a, you know, it's still a business area and, you know, some things just don't wait for nighttime, especially right. the embassy district to your right. As you're passing that, you can see plenty of back and forth and couriers riding through on horses and, you know, all manner of activity. So there's like a little bit of bustle and background noise. But um, as far as people who are just strolling up the boulevard, there's not too much to see. There's a handful of people here and there who are just like out for a night walk. But it's also like two in the morning at this point, one or two in the morning. So it's, you know. Can I roll a a perception check or just keep an eye out for any thieves can't marking the way to maybe a fence or smuggling? 
while he's doing that, um, can I keep like, are there any, uh, like sewers in this area or anything like that? Like, is there any underground tunnel type sort of things like storm drains or under, under road access? It's, it's more like there were gutters to the side of each street. Um, kind of like a Roman style construction. So there's aqueducts to carry fresh water above you. And then there's gutters to the sides of each street to carry dirty water away. Gotcha. I got, I got a 12 Mr. DM. You got a 12. So it takes you a while before you can find your, your thieves can't. I'm going to add one die to the tension pool for the length of your search, but you are able to locate a fence using thieves can't written on the ground and whatever. It takes you deep into the market district. That's why it takes so long. The market district is tight streets and large buildings. And so you're kind of weaving and dodging around and you know, each building takes a while to get past. There are a complete mishmash of brick and cobblestone and flagstone and marble, but each of them is its own architectural kind of marvel. Like they're all, they're all built very well. They're just lots of different styles coming together and you can see really all manner of items as well. Everything from adventuring equipment to home furnishings to different, you know, like ways to tend your pets. Like they're just all sorts of different things are, are available in the market district, at least when the shops are open. Um, but you eventually do find the home of a fence. Uh, Jeb, did, do you need me to carry you at some point tonight? I know you're having a hard time keeping up. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And he's like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's kind of like just doing like the, the light jog. Oh, okay. He's just like light on his feet. He's, he's not a strong mole, but he's very well constituted. So he, he's, um, I'll go ahead and, uh, see if, is there a light on? No, not at the moment. Hmm. I'll go ahead and knock. The door cracks open just a little bit. You can see a chain at the top and a chain at the bottom holding it closed. And uh, an elven, like half of an elven face peeks out at you. He goes, yes. Um, me and my friend here are looking for a gift for my grandmother. Thieves can't for are you open fence. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's never too early to give your grandmother a gift. What kind of gift are you looking for? Well, actually, you know, we had caught something, uh, caught our eye earlier in the week, and we thought that maybe somebody else had picked it up and perhaps was selling it somewhere else, or perhaps we were thinking about moving it out of town. We really wanted to buy it before it got out of town. Do I need to explain that thieves can't? <laughs> uh, it sounds like you're asking if anyone else is trying to fence something right now. Yeah, I'm asking if anybody is else is trying to fence something and uh, or smuggle anything out of town. Well, if something like that were happening, you should know that it would be very rude of me to discuss my business with other clients, with, you know, other strangers. Oh, I would never ask such a thing, but perhaps there are other rival people that you might know the clients of, or perhaps people who've strong armed their way into buying grandmother's gifts when perhaps they have no right to buying grandmother's gifts. He looks at you and in regular language, he goes, I ain't no rat. And he shuts the door in your face. I'd like yeah, to dip around enough. the corner of the building to like the alleyway down the okay. side. Um, what the last time I cast locate object, you said there was like a, a blue sparking sphere that it, emanated yeah. from did that penetrate walls no it was like very small it was oh, okay. like you know the the twig itself kind of fizzled and then like a little teeny starburst kind of popped gotcha. up gotcha uh, i'd like to check my surroundings and i'm gonna cast locate object while i'm here 
seeing uh, Jeb doing that, I'm going to keep an eye out for him. Your spell fizzles and sparks just like normal, um, or at least just like the last time you cast it. This isn't your normal way of casting. Uh, you again get no ping. Mm. Dang it. Nothing. Well, how did it go on your end? Not very well. Uh, Might have burned a bridge there. This thing is, this city is so huge. Chat casts a boon. Uh, Jake and Trevor, if you see an opportunity for a good boon to enter the scene, you can jump in with a accept that and like hit us with the boon and we'll use that to tweak the circumstances. Well, well, it looks like we're not going to find it tonight. Except that they did. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> that was, Can't that was man well for trying. <laughs> good job on the, on the catching that Jake. I appreciate that. That was like, that was like spot on. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, hmm, shoot. This place is so big. I mean, I don't Well, <sighs> Word travels fast, but maybe not quite fast enough. I'm going to go ahead and walk maybe to the warehouses and see if I can't see anything that denotes a smuggling ring or something. You don't see anything that indicates like the, the presence of like a smuggling band. Um, you see what looks like a drop site, but you investigated and you don't see anything there. There's nothing being dead swapped at that point. Mm. I'll go ahead and leave a my own message um i'm gonna pull out a piece of uh like a scrap piece of paper and some okay little charcoal and scrabble out um interested in movement and i'm just gonna fold that into a little little box and place it at the dead drop can't find anything probably tonight and I don't know this place very well. What's a dead drop? You know what, Jeb? On our way to do some recon, I will explain it. I mean, like, you it see? was weird that somebody just wrote dead drop on the wall over there or, like, wherever that was. <laughs> Is that, like, normal? Um, it's actually quite uh, a funny, ironic trick. Um, see, in this particular case, um, that's a brand for a rat poison. But uh, it actually operates as an actual dead drop you know, hiding in plain sight and all. So, oh. So a dead trap. Because it's like, I, I remember back in Tumbleweb, wasn't there like another place that you had something like this? But but there was like some weird scrawling on there. It wasn't just like words. Yeah, no. Um, actually, if you look in their corner, uh, it's kind of a little hard to explain. Uh, they're there. Just not as obvious. Huh. It's really a joke in Thieves' Camp that it's called Dead Drop. <laughs> what's what's Thieves' Camp? Uh, well, Thieves can't say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it, that's, that's all I can tell you. Is it like a, like a code or something? Or a language? Yeah, it's something about birthday cakes. Oh. DM, I have a question. Yeah? I have permanent, like with, with the rod, I have permanent comprehend languages. Thieves' Camp is not a language in that sense. Oh, okay. Thieves Cant is more like a code or a series of hieroglyphics than an actual language. Because it's taking things that already exist and hijacking their meaning. Like you can understand when he talks about a birthday cake, you're like, ah, oh, yes, I know what a birthday cake is and I understand this sentence. But the, the between the lines meaning there is something that is exclusive to sneaky sneaks. Sneaky sneaks. 
Gotcha. So as you cross over from the market district to the South, yep. you, I'm assuming you're heading on the most direct course, right? Fox. Yeah. Okay. So you cross over, um, instead of going into the Southern market district, you go more at a diagonal back towards the East. And so you cross the Boulevard, which is still nice and open. And then you cross into the, the legal district. Now the legal district is like twisty roads that don't seem at first glance to have been laid out in any kind of sensible fashion. It's almost like every time a new building was needed, it just kind of sprung up and then a new path that connected it back to the foot of the castle was made because all of the different roads, they kind of spiral across the little hills and divots and things. They all seem to lead back to that same entryway, you know, four stories down at the base of the the cliff that the castle is built on top of. Right. Um, so as you're kind of meandering, you know, elevation changes a lot more in this area. The buildings are, are thinner and each of them has uh, like a sign out front that has the name of a scribe or a courier or whatever kind of legal service might be being provided. There are a couple of different lawyers offices or things like that. Um, and as you approach the very southern edge of the legal district furthest from the castle, you're able to see that near where the greens, the field district begins, there are a lot of like residential buildings and homes that have been constructed there, probably because there aren't that many legal district buildings that are needed. So there was plenty of space in this area to, to add some residential stuff. Um, luckily, each house in the Royal Holdings has the name marked outside of it rather than having an address. The couriers are literally like, hey, take this to Andreas and they would go to Andreas's house. Right. And so you're able to find Andreas's home pretty easily. Um, it is a, it's a nice villa. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a substantial structure. It's pretty wide. It's two stories. It's got a nice outdoor like paved patio area. Um, it has some lights that are on inside and it has plenty of windows around the outside. It's got some nice like lawn behind it where it's, you know, closer to the field district. It's a pretty great space, but yeah, that's pretty much what you're looking at. It's primary construction material is stone. So it would be climbable from the outside. So do I see any guards at the front gate? Perhaps I, I figure this is a fenced in yard and all that. It's actually not a fenced in property and you don't see any guards. Really? Hmm. Well, I do believe it's kind of rude at this hour, but... Are there any lights on? There are. You did say there was lights on, right? Yes, there's one light on upstairs. Maybe he's like writing his jokes for the night or something. I could try to do the diplomatic way now. It I would mean, be a hard sell considering the hour. Well, let me ask you this. We know where the place is, right? We know where it is now. If we if we were to do this now, would it get us to our goal sooner? Like so, so say if it was successful, we talk to him, and you your silver tongue does its magic, and we we get the book in exchange for whatever, and then we end up going back to the holdings, and um. And then what well, we hunt down the jester and I mean, like, is he going to be awake? This Or are we going to have to wait till the morning anyway? I mean, I might be able to get a hold of the jester. I honestly don't know about that one, but I would imagine. I'm just saying I, I, I was in a big rush to, to try and find them and just brute force it tonight. But this place is huge. I don't know if we're going to be able to find them. And I, I, I'm concerned about burning this bridge before our time. Let me. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we're just going on a casual nightly walk, though. 
let me go on your behalf, perhaps as a messenger, and see if I can't arrange a meeting. Okay. Okay. I think I'm seeing what you're saying. And then we can follow up with that arrangement tomorrow. So it's not a surprise, right? Okay. Exactly. And so I might need you to. I will make scarce so it doesn't look weird. (laughs) Hey, you know what? You know what? We're both messengers for our super fancy hat man, like our regal representative. You know, how about that? Uh, It might be a bit of a harder sell. You reckon? I I reckon, but. Okay. I mean, you're the one with the tongue. I'll I'll leave it to you. Okay. Just hide for a bit out of sight. Yep. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to go in a bush over here. Just going to sit down by this fence. All right. Um, I will calmly walk up to uh, Andreas's house. As you cross the um, sort of paved patio area, you see a couple of different tables and you're able to recognize on some of them, it looks like there are little cases of medical supplies next to them, like a little suture in one and some bandages in another and some thread and gauze and iodine and things like that seem to be all kind of out there in cases. Um, You make it to the door. It has like a nice gold knocker that you can if you want. Otherwise there are some windows next to it so you can peek in and you see a um, not, it's not lavishly furnished, but it's a spacious living room. Um, It has like a single, not quite threadbare, but clearly used rug with a couple of couches on it that are like beat up and well used. And on the other side of the living room is a kitchen that has um, like a little ice chest in it for them to keep their food and it's got a little grill that he can cook from inside, you know, with a little chimney to outside the house and things like that. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and change my armor's appearance to be similar to the robes we were wearing earlier. Just look fancy. And I will go ahead and knock, not too loud, because I'm sure the family is sleeping. But in case someone is up, I'll knock loud enough that they might hear a faint knock. After, after a few seconds... You see someone coming down some stairs beyond the kitchen and the little shadow kind of walks in front of you and comes to the door. It is a dwarf. Um, He's wearing just like um, very plain like traveling trousers and he's got on a nightshirt and he comes to the door and he opens it and he says, my, what brings you here at this hour? I immediately go down to one knee and bend forward and I apologize. Um, And then I stand back up just... I know it's no, no, no need to. He's like, you know, rubbing bleary eyes. No need to apologize. Do do you need, um, do you need medical care? Can I, can I assist you? Well, actually you can, and it's going to sound ridiculous. See, no, no, no problem is too ridiculous. Let's, let's, let's help you come, come in, have a seat at the couch. And he invites you in to sit down on his couch. All right. I know it's, it's a little worn that, to be honest, this house is a bit big for my tastes. But anyway, what what can I do for you? And he sits down on the other couch. Well, I'm not going to mince meat. And I think you seem like a very respectable man. So I think honesty is our best route here. We, uh, we've had something of ours stolen. And we have a lead. And as strange as it is, the man I'm dealing with um, well, is withholding information. And the only way... He's willing to trade for it as if I have a copy of your jokes. My jokes? Yes. I, I'm, 
not sure I understand. You, I can see by your robes, you're a guest of the king, uh, my cousin, and, and you say you've been robbed. What can my jokes possibly do to help you gain back your things? So I could tell you the long story or the short story. I, I just don't understand. I mean, of course I, I, I don't really know you, um, but I, you know, I would love to help with your predicament. I just, so this is so strange. It is very sudden as well. I'm sure. Um, if you want, we can set up a meeting tomorrow. Um, I don't want to rush you into anything that seems weird. Well, it's just that I've been, I've been sort of quietly harboring an ambition to start a career in, in comedy and in making people smile. And, you know, I've been sort of saving up these jokes. I've only really shared them with my daughters up until now. And I've been, I don't know, sort of hoping to launch a career with it. And I, I fear that to, you know, to give them away would, but if, I mean, but of course you have, you have a need too. I, well, how about this? Um, I'm sure you've built up a large amount of good jokes, right? Um, perhaps it's merely your style my client needs. And perhaps you can write us a couple of jokes. Um, or perhaps only give us partial. That way you still keep the original amount of jokes. Um, I don't want to ruin your career though. This is weird. This is really weird. Why, why would he want your jokes? I, I don't know. I don't, the only people who have heard them are my, my little daughters. I, I write a new joke for them every morning and then I read it to them before bed to sort of try out, you know, which things are funniest and also cause it makes them smile. Um, but mm. I, I don't know who, how else anyone would have heard my, my jokes. Ooh, I'm sure you have a book where you've put in the best jokes. Well, of course, but surely you have a book that predates that one. And, uh, but actually he does have one <laughs> that predates that one. You know, now that the you mentioned it, I, I have been, I have actually been separating into two different books, you know, my best jokes and my, my more average jokes. Um, but some of them are, you know, iterations of each other as well. So it still would be. This is very strange that this is happening at three in the morning and that this is what is needed to help well, do you, get your things back. I can, he still looks a little bleary eyed like he's right. not, you know, totally. So if I'm going to be honest with you, right, the things stolen are of great value. The person who is aware of this and is kind of holding the lead above our heads has evidence that will implicate somebody high up in the king's court, which is not going to be very clean affair, I'm sure. So um, you mean to say the perpetrator is is someone in my cousin's court? Correct. Well, that seems that seems serious. Roll a charisma check. Roll a persuasion <laughs> check, I should say. But actually, you get a twenty. <laughs> Don't worry, Wash. I think 29 is good enough. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I I don't want I don't want there to be thieves any closer to my cousin than than anyone would. I of co- of course I will help you. 
um, what my career is, is nothing compared to the King. Uh, let me, um, let me prepare, uh, a, a second book so that I can still keep a copy of my own jokes and, uh, I will meet you tomorrow, uh, to, to exchange it with you. Is that acceptable? Will that work? That'll work graciously. And you know what? I, you are a great dwarf to be able to see my plea in the dead of the night and still without hesitation act upon it. Oh, come. They are merely aspirations. What are aspirations to the, the value of the king and his court? We, let, let me take, let, let me help you. And he shakes your hand and sees you to the door and, you know, makes plans for a time, probably midday tomorrow. You know, um, once the, once the sun is up, please, uh, it will be, I, I think distressing if I had to, you know, my wife is sleeping in the room of where I keep the, the books. I don't want to wake her and all that. So I bow and, uh, make my leave. He bows back to you and you're, he doesn't actually let you leave until you've taken a small plate of home-baked cookies <laughs> oh, and he closes the door oh, no, no, I, and he sends you away with it. He like won't listen to you yeah, as yeah. you're trying to like refuse them. He like, you know, shoves the plate into your hand. It's like obnoxiously nice China. He goes, just keep it, just keep it. And he like shuts the door on you as you, as you leave. I just stand there for a second facing the street with a plate of baked goods in my hand, <laughs> staring into the night. Well, uh, I went to better than expected and I'm just going to walk down and uh, look for Jeb. Yeah. Jeb's been, been just kind of sitting on the grass on just like this little shoulder, like this little, like, like the, the tiny piece of grass between the road and, and like the, like a sidewalk and his eyes just kind of are drawn up to the stars and the moon at night and, you know, not having his hat on, not being, not feeling the weight of his of his jacket and his pack and all of his gear you know just kind of feels like he's got a bit of a burden off of off of him and he's looking up at the stars and he's just thinking about his wife how's like what what kind of mood is he in? is he like reminiscing or is he feeling sad or like yeah he's kind of kind of reminiscing you know like ever since ever since everything went down with his daughter and and burying himself in his books and uh, and troubling himself with you know visions of grandeur and 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 distraction I don't know it kind of feels weird this is like probably the first time in years maybe even first time since since the darkening that he uh, that he hasn't had all of that stuff weighing down on him and it just kind of, you know, you get you get used to the load, you get used to the to the wear on you. And something as simple as just not having your pack on your shoulders and not having a hat on your head, it's kind of, you know, maybe maybe there's like a little bit of a of a smell of the cool night air too, that's kind of drawn back some old memories. Just yeah, just kind of reminiscing and, and thinking about the time that they used to just sit out in the in, the, in the, the poor country, you know, up on the surface, seeing fireflies and the stars kind of, kind of remind him of that. As he looks, as he looks up at the sky and he's just kind of thinking about these things and reminiscing, um, you know, lit dimly by the glow of the stars here, you're too far from the boulevard for any of the main street torches to reach you. Jeb sees two shooting stars just 
across the sky, uh, burning a, a nice dim, cool blue, sort of the, the color of the will-o'-wisps from the um, from from the Abeleth Slayer, just a little, just a little something kind of winking across the sky at him as he's thinking, and then Fox slowly approaches. I'm gonna quietly just come up beside him, perhaps sit down on the ground, and offer a baked good. Oh, hey, hey, Fox! I didn't hear you come up. Hey, yeah, no problem. It looks like uh, you were lost in thought there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty night. It's really nice. I didn't really get a chance to look up this entire night. And it's a full sky of stars. Like, because the streets are lit by torchlight, there's, like, no light pollution. You know, you should see the stars over the ocean. A few times I visited the old Myrrh city. Used to take boats out, and just above the city, on the surface... Beautiful stars. It was a simpler time then. We should go sometime. Maybe once all this is over. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I'd love to do that. That's where you, uh... That's where you got to know West, right? Yeah. Y'all go back a good ways, huh? She's something else, that's for sure. A little too much, if you ask me, but... <laughs> that's the that's the best part, in my opinion. You kind of need somebody that's, that's a little too much. Because, quite honestly, folks like you and me were a little too much. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I've got some good news, Jeb. What's that? You got us an audience? Got us an audience. My man. He just holds up those, a little <laughs> clenched uh, mole, uh, mole fist. Yeah, no. Um, Good job, pup. I, Proud of you. I'm going to be honest. I, uh, for once, I just told the truth. Look at you. Jeb just, like, really beams with pride. I, like, I don't know, it's just he seems to be a doctor of some sort, and you can tell he doesn't lavish in his lifestyle. I'm sure he could live in a much grander way, and I don't know, it just kind of reminded me of the simple lives we lived back in the commune a bit, you know? He's just trying to help people. Mm. That's probably a a lesson we could all learn from. Maybe not Zothgag. I think Zothgag's pretty much got that down. I, but. <laughs> yeah, don't don't tell him it. <laughs> I yeah. opened up to you like this. He's gonna never let it down. Well, maybe uh. I'll maybe I'll tell him then. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> and so, laughing together, you make your journey back to the castle. It's uneventful, and you make it just as the sun is rising, which means that I need each of you to roll me a constitution save to avoid a stage of exhaustion as the next day begins. Oh, boy. The consequence of nighttime excursions. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, the consequences of my actions. <laughs> uh, I was ready for it. Um, so how's... Uh, I mean, it's only the, you know, first night, you know, so I guess so if I rolled a three, right, it wouldn't be so bad, right? 
<laughs> I mean, would be, oof, I think my I think my two plus two makes up for his three. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> you two have you two have a beautiful moment together. But man, when you get back to the castle, or you beat each of you has one level of exhaustion, which means that you have disadvantage on all ability checks. Yeah, yeah, that's fine for the day. Yeah. I, so. I think I think by the time we get back to our rooms, we've been like talking about jokes, and it's like one of those things where it's like you're so sleepy that like everything is funny. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's just like the stupid <laughs> stuff, and you're just like, oh man, yeah. I just imagine one of those scenes where it's like they get back, it's like ah, oh, time for some shut eye. They lay down in the bed. The second they lay down, they're woken up by something. No, they don't even they don't even make it to the beds because as they wander in, sitting in the common room, enjoying a lovely made to order breakfast, are Owlin and Zothkug. Mm-hmm. What's for breakfast? Owlin is enjoying uh, some gourmet biscuits with some really steaming hot white gravy. With chunks mm. of sausage and and it's you know seasoned with Cracked pepper, black pepper, yeah. yes, and uh, also <laughs> with with some bacon and eggs on the side. Um, mm. And he's he's uh, the eggs are scrambled um, with uh, with uh, sprinklings of cheese on mm. top as well. With also also some cracked black pepper. Some good food, there. yeah, very respectable. What about Zoth? Zothkug has um, two eggs benedict but in like the fancy egg holders um and then on a plate is a giant uh sirloin steak to go along with his eggs very um, he also he also has uh some ex- exquisite biscuits to go with it very nice and a very nice glass of oj mm. alan's enjoying grapefruit juice Ugh. sitting next to them both um and eating the largest cinnamon roll you've ever seen is <laughs> Prince Lovell, mm. who, as you come in, says, Hello, fellows. I, I see you went for a, a late night stroll. I can understand needing to take your mind off of things. I thought perhaps we could start on your tour a little early today to, you know, just help mm. help give you something to look forward to while while the City Watch does their thing. I have a, a wonderful route planned out to take you past all of the finer things uh, in the in the royal holdings here, and I'm, I'm excited to show you around, and hopefully by the end of the day, all of this mess will be resolved, and we can get back to giving you the royal treatment you deserve. And actually... And, uh, well, what I was about to, about to mention was also we were uh, very excited to, to know that by the end of the trip, we will be looping around to the legal district, which we and Alan will, like, point to him and, him and uh, Zoth, well, are very interested in uh, in checking out. See, we heard they a lot keep about talking it. about the legal district, but I surely you don't really want to go. Uh, it's so stuffy and boring in the legal district. You don't want to go there. Excuse me. Uh, let me just clarify some things. Uh, we were interested in meeting someone, um, which last night, me and my companion here have managed to set up a meeting with. And if you wouldn't mind um, during the tour, if we could. Meet this dear friend you, of ours. You really want to go? How do you have a dear friend so soon? Oh, <laughs> well, Fox just well, has that kind so of personality. The best, but the best bits of the royal holdings are are down the other end. You know, Clan, well, if, Clan Crescent is what you've really got to see. If I'm not mistaken, I, I believe you may know uh, Fox's dear friend, uh, a relative, perhaps. Do I? Andreas, ring a bell? Cousin Andreas. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> how do you know cousin Andreas? Ah, uh, well, I met him last night, and he was willing to have an audience with me today. An audience? It, it, what? 
<laughs> okay, I suppose we shall, we shall, it's just, it's going to be so cramped there. My guards always block up the streets and, you know, they inconvenience people and they're, it's a, it's a legal district. They always go and complain to my father and it's, it's, it's a kind of a mm. hassle. Hmm. Perhaps well, we, we split off from the group uh, towards the tail end of the tour. But then how will we protect you? You've been robbed once. Surely we can't just, you know, send you on your way. Well, just oh, right. you know what? Maybe like, I'll have a detach. Maybe I can have a small detachment go with you and, and sure. escort you. That, oh. that should, that should work. Actually. Oh. Okay. Um, I wanted to speak to Andreas about some things and one of them actually does pertain to the, the King's guard. Um, when you do send your detachment with us, would you mind making sure they're the old guard? Uh, well, what do you mean? Uh, well, I've, I've heard rumors that you guys have augmented your, your guards with uh, some newcomers. Yes, there are some, there are some mercenary forces in our ranks, but the king trusts them implicitly. I, I get that. I'm just, if I must tell you, Let's say along our trips, we've ran into some very untrustworthy mercenaries and just the idea of being guarded by mercenaries. I know I'm sure they're trustworthy. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. We've had bad experiences. I understand. Well, we, we certainly want to make you as comfortable as, as we can during this difficult time. So I'll, I'll see what I can do for you. I would be very grateful. Uh, okay. Well, I... We all would. I be. suppose let's let's get you some breakfast and then we'll uh, we'll begin the tour. And he snaps his fingers twice, and one of the attendants comes forward to take Fox and Jeb's orders. I pound, point directly in Owlin's face, and I said, "I want what he has. <laughs> Just exactly same size plate, and every don't make it smaller or proportional." Owlin's plate is very is is proportional to him for sure. Yes, I want yeah. I want that one. I'm gonna look at Owlin's plate. I uh, you know. I I'll take half a portion of that. Yeah. All right. We will make it happen. And they bustle off to. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you what are you eating? What do you got over there, Zoth? Uh, Eggs Benedict and steak. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I want me some good old B and G. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. Oh. I need carbs. This, this, this little thing doesn't run just on. Uh, on yeah. I need yeah. some carbs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lowville, who's just sort of finished up his cinnamon roll, says, well, I'll go and um, uh, make some changes to the manifest for who will be escorting us today, and then I'll come and collect you in about 20 minutes. And he stands up and strolls out of the room. You are left by yourselves, and after a moment or two, uh, a, an attendant has walked in and put in front of you a nice large platter of biscuits and gravy, uh, and for Fox, half of a nice large platter of biscuits and gravy. <laughs> well, friends, how'd it go last night? Very smoothly. I'm almost worried. <laughs> it it I, sounds as though it was extremely productive. I'm actually uh, quite impressed. Uh, you know, you know what? I'm Alan. I am very impressed, and not, I'm not pointing at myself. Like it was all Fox. I'm very impressed. Uh, uh, this this means one of two things, and one of them scares me. <laughs> well, Zoth, I uh, I I tried. You'll never guess it. Hold on, brace yourself, and Jeb like drums on his on, his, on the table. Are you ready? Ah, uh, all right. You're gonna make me come out and say it. Here it goes. This is it. The moment you've been waiting for. 
we went with Plan Hound. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Alan looks around a little bit like <laughs> Um I'm not sure quite sure I understand what Planned Hound is. However, if Zoth is proud of you because of it, it probably means uh good things. Just say Plan Hound was a plan I came up with and Fox always refuses to do. <laughs> well, that's that's very kind of you, Fox. I'm glad that it it panned out this this time. It honestly worked so well. It scares me. <laughs> um, I told you it would it it's always the plan to I, go with. No, no, it scares me because it cannot be going this well. <laughs> you wait for the other shoe to drop. Is that what it uh, is? I the the person I just happened to talk to is the most like God down to earth man, and I keep telling you people are better than you think they are. And as you say, people are better than you think they are. You hear the door at the end of your hall kind of like creak open, and in walks Everard the Jester, bedecked today in a large lavender finery instead of his his green regalia from the previous night. And he strolls up towards you, jaunty and arms swinging and, you know, jestery. And he gets to the front of the group and he says, you seem to be in good spirits. I guess that means that mm -hmm. you've got a, a bit of a plan for today. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've got a message for you from the king himself. Oh, uh, The king has, uh, in light of recent events, uh, consented to grant your request, my diminutive friend. And he looks at Jebediah and he says, the king will meet with you this evening. Uh, to discuss the past kings of Udril and the lineage of Clan Royal, and he looks forward to greeting you in uh, Domus Lune. I hopefully need not tell you what an honor this is. Uh, nobody is granted access to the cathedral itself unless a religious service is ongoing, save for the king himself. Nobody's been in that building, absent a service, since it was established. Uh, please be on your best behavior, and, um, you know, be, be very careful to break nothing. You know, f the, the architecture in there is, is historic and dates back to Aeneas the architect, our first king. And um, yes, he says to please be ready at the first bell past sundown to uh, be escorted by a small detachment to the cathedral where you will meet him and uh, undergo a tour of the inside of the cathedral and have a conversation with him. I would like to do an insight check on this jester. He seems completely serious to okay. you. He, and, and also to Fox, if he wanted to insight sure. check. Okay. He, he just, he really seems like he's oh, being legit. Yeah, I'd like to insight check Fox too. He's, he's feeling yeah. very out of character. <laughs> <laughs> um, as, as the jester turns to Everard. Yes. Um, perhaps we can make a deal. Oh, you know that birthday gift you've been wanting? Of course. Well, let's say it's already paid for and on its way. Hmm. Do you think you could trust my word on that? And we could exchange pleasantries now? No, no, we can't have a party before the party's scheduled. You've got to wait for all the, you know, the decorations mm. to be in order and the, and the things. The, was, the party's not until this afternoon. Whose birthday is it? It was worth a shot. 
Well, it's my birthday, of course. Oh, well, happy and birthday. he steps back and smiles. Thank you very much. I'm having a large cake prepared. Alan is shaking his head, looking at Zoth, just like, oh. I don't even know thieves can't, but I at least know code when yeah. I hear it. Like, <laughs> just like, I, uh, I picked up on cake, and now retroactively, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know what it means, <laughs> but it was something. We, uh, is there anything you want? Uh, we could grab you a birthday gift on our outing. Uh, we actually, you know, I, I love books. Well, I know that. Fox Anything is laughing else. out loud. <laughs> oh. uh, the the jester turns and holds out a hand for Fox to shake, and says, "I'll see you at the party then." I will see you at the party. And as you shake hands, he palms you an invitation to the party with a location and time for the drop. All right. Very good. And he strides from the room. As he walks out of the room, the door opens again and in comes Lovell with a detachment of cavalrymen. You note that there are no private security goons among good them. Good call. Such a good they call. They walk to the front and he says, are you are you ready for your yeah. tour? Uh, Lovell, is it okay while going about if I wear my usuals or should I continue wearing the guest's clothes? Oh, you may wear your own things for, for this tour. It is merely in the presence of the king that it's important for you know us to hold a certain standard to our guests. Alan immediately sheds his robe and he's wearing his tool belt and underwear <laughs> and boots underneath it. He's so what's it been? Because it's fairly skin tight, it's been like really bumpy and weird. Like, is that a wrench in your sash? Or you just, um, okay, yeah. So you, you pull your tunic and your trousers off and there is your underwear and tool belt special. They the Allen fashion special <laughs> and gauntlets and boots and glasses. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go change in quotations. I walk in my room, wait five seconds, uh, not five seconds, like a minute and then walk back out after shifting my clothes back into my default. Of course. Yeah. Jeb's going to sulk a little bit that he can't change clothes and it's just going to eat more of his biscuits and gravy. <laughs> just eating his feelings and biscuits and gravy. Yeah. That's what I yeah. do every morning, or I wish oh, I could it's do. So fun, <laughs> so good. Zoth will also change into normal clothes. <laughs> oh man, right. that's funny. No fancy hat today. No fancy hat. Only for special occasions. You don't want to overshadow, you know, the 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 average <laughs> the average person, yeah. right? You want to if you oh, if yeah. you wear it too oh. much, it loses its power. Mm. If it's fancy every day, then it's not fancy. Exactly. Mm. I gotcha. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, you got to make go. sure that it stands out when you do it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you are led on a fantastic tour with Prince Lovell. And in the interest of time for our session, I'm going to just give you the like the highlights of your tour as we go around here and tell you what you see um, since you've already established with him that he's going to take you to the legal district. So you get to tour the greens of the field district up by where the garrisons train. You're able to watch some spectacular archery, some incredible sword play, and really overall, you just get a sense for the martial prowess of Clan Royal's garrisons. And it is, it is especially to Owlin, who's been in armies before, mm -hmm. like it is significant. These are well-trained people. Cool. They're sort of up there with like the elite of the military that you were part of. Cool. Um, you also are able to go people watching in the embassy district. You get to see your first tieflings, uh, some of you, uh, probably not Alan who's been to Rust Free, but for the rest of you, it might be your first time seeing a tiefling. Um, you're able to see a couple of the wheatlings uh, from Oat. You're, you're able to just really a, a more diverse, you know, realm as there are all these different people from different places. You get to see all kinds of new architecture. And then when you're done with that, you go shopping for like 
proper Udrian adventuring gear, as Lovell calls it, uh, if you need any in the Northern Market District. And if you decide that you want to purchase any adventuring gear, this is where you would tell me. Uh, Zoth, you've got a hand Can up. he buy balloons, streamers, and confetti for the party? <laughs> Absolutely he can. For the simple price of 10 wingle digits, he can buy all the Full balloons, wingle streamers, digits? confetti. He's going all uh, out. Yeah, this is Zoth like the exquisite. Well, I guess... Okay, well then, how about you do two and you get like cheaper That's ones? That's fine. So two wingle digits, and you get you get like the the party city like ninety nine cent balloons and yeah. stuff. Um, but you but it's like they're decorations, and so you get a whole bunch of them like blown up and inflated and stuff. One of the cavalrymen is kind enough to like attach it all to his horse. So there's one really festive <laughs> horse escorting you as you're going about your day. Um, is anybody else shopping for adventuring gear before we move on from the market district? Um. I think, uh, could I spend like a wingle digit just to replenish my knickknacks, like ball bearings and such? Your single ball bearing that got crushed. I'm going to go get You can, yeah. So gonna... basically what you're saying is that adventuring pack that you already have, you're just refilling it full of all the materials it has in it? Yeah. I would say Alan, yeah, Alan would like to get a Dungeoneer's pack because he's running low on, on uh, that sort of supply as well. I'd like to get, um, I'll go like hang out with Fox and just get some stuff like just the spell components that I need for my, uh, for my spells that I have. Uh, Fox, you mind support, uh, putting that for me? I don't have any money. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I'm going to dig around in my pack for my share of the wingle digits and just put it for him. Thank you. Appreciate that. So you, you make your purchases. Um, you are also able to explore Clan Crescent, which is one of the coolest parts of the Royal Holdings. On the other end of the boulevard, bordering it, basically just beyond the market district, is Clan Crescent. It's a half circle of buildings where each clan is politically represented. So all of the different clans of Udril, there's one for Clan Trukta, who you've met, but there's also all the other clans. And so there's all these really interesting like architectural designs and things that kind of line up with each one. Clan Noctua has a really cool misty vibe where there is somehow architecturally, not magically, they have a constantly generated cloud of mist that swirls around the door to their embassy. There's all sorts of neat stuff like that. Wow. Um, Alan takes some extra time to study that. He's very interested in the mechanics of that. Um, you're not able to devise how they did it. Hmm. This is like some masterwork stuff, but it's cool. Yeah. Alan um, discovers then, dry ice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, having reached the western end of the holdings, you're able to stroll past Domus Lune, which of course nobody goes in unless the king invites them. Um, but your tour guide, Lovell, says, and the crypt beneath is home to the bodies left behind by all the kings who have gone on. But I'm sure the king will tell you all about that tonight, Jeb. And then you continue to pass through the holy district, which has shrines to all of the gods. So even Kelnor is represented here. There are monasteries mm. and the, the kind of the devout, the studious. You see uh, several large buildings where the Luna live, the Gamte and Luna, who are kind of the healers and the medics and disaster response within that church. Um, you see lots of different shrines and open air cafes. And then uh, on your way back to the castle for a kind of late lunch, um, Lowville, true to his word, uh, says, I'll go and have lunch prepared and I'll send you with this small detachment of cavalrymen to uh, go and meet with Andreas. Do send him my best. And then he strolls into the castle and leaves Will you do. with three cavalrymen who are not mounted to avoid clogging up the streets. Um, and you make your way back into the twisting, turning streets of the legal district. It is 
bustling with energy now. Running a kingdom is like a busy, busy thing. And especially like these are the silent heroes of running a kingdom. These are the people who are sending missives and duplicating orders and tracking down all the boring stuff like who's paid their taxes and all that kind of stuff is getting coordinated in this the district. And so it takes you a it takes you a while to navigate through the twisty streets and to get back to what is truly like the southeastern edge of this district. Behind you, you can now see standing out above the buildings, the cliff and above that, you know, the castle Domus Regie stretching in all its grandeur. Behind the house, you can see the actual wall of the clan holdings. The map on the outside has not been mirrored on the inside, so on the inside it's just a smooth kind of twisting paper-like construction. And on top of the wall you can see several dwarven guards who are just making their patrols, regular patrols. And you have just a glimpse between a couple houses of the um, field district. Now at this end of the field district, these are like the manicured gardens that are more like Versailles or something like that. So there's, you know, nice hedge labyrinths and things like that. And you can see a handful of people, probably nobles, who are just sort of strolling along and having their day. But you, of course, have come to the outside of the villa where Andreas lives. And today, Andreas is sitting outside on his um, one of his tables on his sort of patio area. And he appears to be tending to the injury of a very, like, scruffy-looking person. And he, you can actually hear him reassuring the man as you get closer. And he's going, don't worry, Billy, you'll find a house soon. Okay. It won't be, it won't be like this for long. And he finishes stitching up his little ankle and says, don't worry about paying me. And he sends him on his way. And the man like, you know, thanks him very heartily and wanders off. Uh, hello, my dear sir, Andreas. Oh yes. Yes. Hello. Come in, come in, come in. We were just making lunch anyway. And he invites all four of you into his house. Uh, I am Andreas. What are your names? Um, my name is Fox. Um, my companions here can introduce themselves, I'm sure. Now nah, you go ahead and introduce us. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, then. We have Jeb, Owlin, and Soth. Well, a pleasure to meet all of you, and hopefully I can help you with your struggle, and hopefully you will in turn help my cousin with his um, dangerous situation. And he brings out, his, his wife brings out like steaming plates of food for you to eat. She's like just finished up, you know, cooking in the other room. Um, and you can see as she sets down the plates for you and leaves, she wheels out a wheelchair with a young girl in it Aww. who's going, daddy, is my joke ready? And he goes, don't worry, honey. I'll have a joke for you tomorrow. There, there isn't one today. And he, Aww. you know, she like wheels, wheels her out of the room and she goes to like play in the other room with something. Um, and he says, all right, I've got, I've got what you came for. And he holds up a, a small blue, um, like handwritten, you know, book of, of paper. He hands it, hands it to Fox. He says, I'm not sure how you found yourselves in a situation where this is what it will take to recover your lost things, but I, I hope that you're able to use it to protect my, my cousin, the King. We thank I, you. You do not understand how monumentous this book is and how much it will change the course of history. Well, I mean, they are good jokes. <laughs> Zoth, can I pull Zoth to the side? Yeah. While, while they're over there talking? Hey, big guy. Yeah. Um, is there anything you could do for his daughter? In what sense? Well, she seems to be in unable to walk. Um, is there any sort of like great way that you could restore that ability to her. I can check her out. I can't guarantee that I'll be able to 
fix her ailment. It really depends on the source. This guy seems like probably the best person we've ever met in our entire, like, uh, you know, adventures. <laughs> and I think it would be a great, I mean, he's, he's going completely out of his way for us. And I think it would be a great service to him if we could. Uh, I can absolutely at least see what I see if there's anything I can. That is not. Sir. Fair. Yes. Um, my, my friend here, um, Soth, he's very, he, he's very skilled in medicine. Um, and as it, we as noticed, it seems that you are as well. Yeah. And, and we noticed that, uh, you know, when your daughter came in, she, she wasn't walking. Um, is, is there a service that we could, we could offer to, uh, you know, maybe help her? Oh, you, you don't need to, it, it's, I mean, she's okay. You know, it's, it's a, it's a hereditary affliction. My grandfather was the same way. And, um, I, I don't think that, you know, I don't want to put you out of your way. I, it's, you it's, know, there's no trouble. I love helping people. Well, and it's, I mean, it's going to take us a little while to eat anyway. So, I mean, we're going to be here. It's, it's really no, you know, there's no and, t- inconvenience of time. We're already and here. And honestly, he looks over, he looks over at his wife and goes, what do you think, Medea? I suppose it's worth a try. Okay. Okay. Uh, go right ahead. And he, he follows Zothkug in because he is also a medical man. And so he wants to like <laughs> learn about, you know, what other processes, processes Zoth might know. So I'm going to start with a medicine check on her. Uh, okay. Uh, 14. Uh, she has some kind of chronic disease that um, prevented her knees from developing properly. So like the legs are strong enough to walk if you could just sort of fix her knees. I see. I feel like there's like tense music. <laughs> like. Or alternatively knees. the theme from Scrubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like can he solve the medical issue. Has this become an episode of Dr. House? Mm. Yeah. I think it's, I think you're thinking of House MD. Oh, there are. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. House. Would I know if, if any healing spells would actually help? Anything that would remove a curse or a disease would be okay. appropriate for this situation. It's okay if there's nothing you can do. I mean, she she's coping well. And she looks up and says, Don't worry about me. I. Aww. Oh. Um. I don't have the spell prepared, but I could come back tomorrow and I could try uh, something. Uh, Alan spells? keeps whatever he keeps saying spells. Alan keeps going. Ah. Yeah. Spells like like magic. I I don't know that that's appropriate here in the here in the city. We could meet outside the city. No, you, you're not understanding. It's it's not permitted to cast magic. Um, you know, near here. Now I suppose we could meet outside of the walls, but it's a long journey for her. I don't know that she would be up to it. Maybe I could talk to the king and get special permission. Absolutely. If you could get a writ of permission from the king, then uh, it would be totally appropriate. I will look into it then. And your lunch concluded and your book retrieved. Yay. Head back to the castle. On that note, tonight's Dungeons and Dragons session comes to a close.